Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon on a Wednesday. Yeah. Wolf and Luke show. Did you see Rick? Rick is dancing. This is how fired up Rick is. Rick for is fired Wolf up. Down your lunch. Yes. Rick's been ready to go. Dancing a good amount of time, which is good because Rick is doing Wolf and Down Your Lunch today. So, Rick. You gotta get through your day, you know, by dancing some. Even if it's bad, it can be good. It can be medium level dancing. Whatever. Just gotta gotta dance. All right. Well, the Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight in Los Angeles against the Lakers with pregame coverage starting at six thirty right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No DeAndre Ayton, still no Kevin Durant for the Suns, other than a win. What is the number one thing you guys wanna see from the Suns tonight? Oh, man. Other than a win. Uh, campaign, play well. That's probably going to be my main focus here for the next few games. You know, if it's if, if, if the focus can't be just win or loss, or Kevin Durant coming back, is I, I need to see it from campaign to feel better. Yeah, you know, um, I guess I want to see a sense of urgency. Uh, I want to see a sense of urgency. And where does the sense of urgency typically show up? On the defensive end of the floor. I mean, you can't try to urgent your way to the basket, okay? You can't. But you can have that urgency on the defensive end of the floor. You you can get a good base underneath you and try to stay in front of the guy that is trying to drive the ball by you and penetrate. I mean, you can do that. And it takes effort, and it takes energy. And because of that, the urgency and the sense of urgency, I think we're going to be able to, we're going to see this early, Basinonians, on the defensive end of the floor. I want to see that urgency. Yeah, and you know what, I would I would alter my answer a little bit too. Um, I just want to see somebody other than Devin Booker step up to the point where we're talking about them in a good way tomorrow. You know, And, and maybe other than Chris Paul, too, because I, I get it. You know what you're going to get from Chris Paul, uh, at least in terms of playmaking most nights. Devin Booker putting up 46 points should always be a win. And the fact that their last game he put up 46 and it wasn't a win, you just want to see somebody else step up like, okay, this guy's going to be a factor now. All right, the World Baseball Classic wrapped up with Shohei Otani striking out his teammate, his Angels teammate, Mike Trout, to give Japan its third WBC title. Here's ESPN's Buster Olney. There'll never be a day when major league teams are comfortable with the WBC because they have so much at stake. The Mets with Edwin Diaz, the Astros with Jose Altuve. But this event in 2023 was so successful, forget it. Uh, Moving forward, the teams are just going to have have to get used to the idea that their best players are going to go and participate in this event. Rob Manfred told reporters, yes, we'll be back in 2026. All right. Well, do you guys think this tournament re-energized the enthusiasm for baseball, at least in the United States? Well, I think this tournament, I mean, this is what, the 
fifth or sixth time. I think sixth time they've done it. This is the first time it ever really felt like it took off. I mean, there were other times where like, okay, yeah, the U.S. is in the final. People are paying attention. But it really felt like it got buzzed for the last couple weeks. And especially the way it ends with Otani striking out Mike Trout. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I think this is going to be a really, really good thing for USA Baseball and the WBC. Because now all of a sudden, yeah, you don't like the fact that they're not winning this thing. Japan's won it three times. <laughs> Think about it. Japan's won it three times. Otani should be his own I, team. I mentioned this last night, and, I, and the more, and then I watched the game and realized it's true. He should just be his own team. <laughs> just incredible. But right now, yeah, I could, I could imagine Rob Manfred saying, hey, when it's him sitting around the big rectangle with the owners, we got to do something about this because we ought to be dominating this. Every time they have it, the WBC, Team USA, should be dominating. It should. We'll see. Yeah, all right. Going back to the Suns, our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, where do you think the Suns will finish at the end of the regular season? Top four seed with home court. Fifth or sixth seed, still in a playoff spot. Seventh seed or lower, which means the play-in. Uh, I'll go fifth or sixth seed, still in a playoff spot, which is ultimately all that matters to me. Um, because I do think, you know, even if they're kind of hovering around seven, they're going to have KD back for a couple games at the end of the season, and that'll be enough to, to push them up. And, and nobody's really running away with, you know, anything outside those top three. So I still think they're going to be a top six team, but they are going to have to win games for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Luca. I think they are going to be a top six team, but you know, right now, um, it doesn't look good <laughs> when you, when you look at the Suns' schedule and how they've been playing, in particular over these last five games on the defensive end of the floor. That, I'm going to be watching that more than anything else, but I've already said that through the sense of urgency from the Suns, but more than anything else, it's the defensive end of the floor, and at what point in time do you say, this shall not pass? This is not going to happen on our watch. We're not going to do this again. If we're going to win games, it's going to be because of our defense. I want to see that attitude, man. Sorry, I took your question and ran. All right, well, I will go ahead and vote on this. I'm going to vote fifth or sixth seed, still in a playoff spot. And that is the leader in the clubhouse. 49% of the vote. Top four seed with home court is 31% of the vote. And seventh seed or lower play in 20% of the vote. So fans still have some hope that they're not going to be in the play in, which is, I think, a good thing. And then uh, my last question for you guys, ASU signed men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley to a two-year extension through 2026, the school announced on Tuesday. What do you guys make of the extension and its length? It's funny because I know now, Wolf, that you and I are coming at this from very different directions. I'm I'm optimistic about it. I mean, you give them now you have three years of Bobby Hurley to see if what he has built over the last couple years in particular, uh, it, you know, is trending in the right direction. I feel like it is. I mean, again, the pandemic year messes up any conversation you have. But sure. let's just say they made the tournament that year because they were going to. 
Uh, that's four of the last six years that they would have been there. And so, and I know some of those are first fours, and that's fine. There's there's progress to be made. It's not like this is like the be-all, end-all, which is why you don't give them, I guess, a five-year deal or whatever. But I wasn't even sure they were going to do this. I sure. thought this might get kind of sideways, and so I'm glad it didn't. No, I'm glad as well that Bobby Hurley has got the extension right now. The extension was definitely a positive. That was good. Extension, good. Two-year, bad. Because it's not a four-year. Yeah, you know, I, I like the fact that Bobby Hurley knows he's got security. They put him on notice, and they said, you've got security here. We're giving you a two-year extension. We like what you've done, Bobby. But we're not all the way there just yet. I like that, too. So four, basically four of their last six years, they made it. So let's say they make it two of the three years on his extension. Do you think they re-up with him again? Oh, and I think it's not going to be a two-year if they re-up yeah. with him again. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, I, you know, I get it from the school's perspective. we got to see this, but there's we got to see it for a couple more years. But I'm, I'm glad that they um, that they went ahead and did it because there's, a, I think, a lot Bobby Hurley does for your profile as a school that that you, just, you weren't getting in previous regimes. Like, sometimes you do have to look back and be like, wait a minute, this team would make the tournament like once every 10 years. Like, yes. it, it just is better than it was. No doubt. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. Uh, rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are heading to Chase Field for one night only, December 8th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can just win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. That's so much easier. Why wouldn't you just do it that way? Uh, all right, we come back. The Coyotes actually lost a game heading into uh, head coach Andre Turney's appearance on our show, the six-game winning streak leading into a Wednesday, Wolf. It was snapped last night. They play again tonight, and they face Connor McDavid and the Oilers. We're going to talk to Andre Turney next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. All right, the Coyotes played last night, saw their eight-game point streak snapped at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets. It was a good one in Winnipeg. They play again tonight against Edmonton, so uh, we are fortunate to be joined by their head coach right now, Andre Turney, on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, coach, thank you for the time. I-, I guess let's just start with last night's game. You outshot Winnipeg 18-3 to in the second period. That was a hard-fought game. What was your biggest takeaway from that? I think we played a really solid game. If you look in the last uh, last of our couple games, that was probably our best game. So you know that's uh, that's the nature of the sport. Sometimes you play you play really good hockey, but you, you cannot win. And sometimes you don't play that good, but you find a way to win. So lately, we found a way to win. Last night we played really good, in my opinion, but we we could not find a way to win. But uh, I was really proud of the, the way we played last night. Winnipeg is a team with a lot of desperation. They fight for a playoff spot, um, and we showed up and we we played really hard. So I was happy about the way the boys reacted yesterday. Yeah, on that note, Bear, you were down two nothing going into the first intermission. Your guys really came out of the second period on fire. Um, what did you say to them in between periods? I did not say much, honestly, Wolf. I, I thought we, we played well, even in the first period. I, I didn't think we uh, we get a reward for the way we played. I think we uh, we did a lot of good things, but we could not find a way. Uh, we we make obviously a few mistakes, and we pay we pay uh, the big price for it. But I did not think that was a reflect of our performance in that game. Uh, I was pleased about our effort, even in the first, and obviously in the second. 
we could have scored a few goals. We 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 had a really good push, but uh, Hallebach was rock solid, and we got unlucky in a few bounds, and that's just unfortunately. But uh, it's not because we didn't play well or whatever. I, I was. How was happy about the whole game? We're talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, Bear, you mentioned before, you know, you, you like that your team was able to, you're playing against a team that's desperate like Winnipeg. A lot of times, this time of yeah. year, you see those desperate teams pick up all the points and, you know, a team that's that where every point doesn't matter in the standings like your own might start to trail off. You guys have gone the other way. You've been playing better. Do you have any idea as to why that is? No, not really, honestly. Uh, but yes, I do in the sense of, I think it's because the guys, they uh, they like to be each, with each other so much. They fight for each other so much. They they uh, they take a lot of pride. And there's a if you look at our team last year, there were a lot of players who were uh, wondering what what's their future, where will they play next year, what's what's a lay ahead for them. This year is a little bit uh, different. If you look at our our roster, all those guys want to be back next year. They want to fight for a spot in the team. And they they, uh, they believe in our team. So uh, for all those reasons, I think it's uh, the guys fight really for their job and fight for the future of our team and fight for who we want to become as a team. So uh, it's a different feeling. Uh, I have a ton of respect, and I said it last year, for the guys who were with us. They they really gave us their best, and they really fought for for us. But I think... This this year is a little bit different. The fact that those guys know they will be back or they have a chance to be back in the future and they want to be part of what we're trying to build here in AZ. So uh, it's a different feeling. You know, Bear, right now, Clayton Keller is just on fire. <laughs> 17 yeah. points in the last nine games. How much of this is Clayton and how much of this is the line that he's on right now? Oh, um, it's both, Garrett. I I have no other way to put that. I say I really think it's both. I think uh, Cal's uh, make his line made better. There's no doubt in my mind about it. He's so competitive, and he push everyone to be competitive. So that's a. But as well, uh, there there's B, which is uh, he play with really good player, and those guys as well are in mission. You know, as Cal's is get it. Rightfully so, a lot of uh, a lot of attention because he's producing. But uh, guys on his line do a lot of good thing. They're a really good player, and I think they made they made our team a better team. Bear, you're uh, you're rotating three goalies right now, which is not necessarily common. <laughs> but they're all playing really well too. So I, I guess that's yep. probably just making your life easier, as it turns out. Yeah, that's no doubt about it. I think we've been lucky. Well, not lucky. Yeah, lucky to have those guys in the sense of uh, we have really good goaltending all season long. So that uh, that's a, a looks and an opportunity and a, a privilege we have. But uh, Ivan came, came up with us and he's doing a, a really good job as well. So that make our life a little bit easier because if the performance will have been uh, a huge gap, that would have been tough because, again, last night Veggie was so good for us. So uh, it's good. Now we have another goalie who can get get it done. Yeah, you know, Veggie was out of his mind, no doubt. But you guys seemed a little flat in the third period. Do you agree with me on that, Bear, that you were a little flat in the third period? And if so, why? 
I think we, 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 we took too many penalties, and then uh, it was tough. You know, we had to defend, I think it's eight minutes in the third period. We, we were short, so uh, tough for us to, to, to change the game and try to uh, tie the game with, when you're short like that. So uh, that was unfortunate. We, uh, we had a few calls against us, and a few calls we didn't get. Uh, that, for sure, did not help our offense to get going and uh, get the opportunity to... Uh, tie the game basically we're chasing we're trying to uh, to get to get in there but uh, it did not happen talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney uh, coach I know we've talked about Barrett Hayton a lot this season but that's that's a guy that basically started the year on the fourth line and now he's centering the top line and he's on an eight game point streak too and I'm sure there's a bunch of different factors that have gotten him to this point but how big of a role has Clayton Keller played in that a huge role on and off the ice you know uh, Kells and Hayton live together uh, they're really good friends, uh, and both of them has something in common. They are extremely competitive. Uh, for the the one who who know eights um, eights is a, even at the start of the season when the thing was not going well, a lot of guys will have been discouraged. A lot of guys will will have let that get under their skin. Uh, not 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 bear bear just dig in and he was competing and he was practicing harder and doing more extra time and do everything you you want from a player as, as a coach it was was a blessing to see him dig in and uh digging himself out of that hole so that that's a good example for the future of our team because it will happen again to someone else i don't know what the name of the guy but someone at some point will be in the tough tough situation and We'll be able to tell him, you know what? We've been there. You know, uh, Barrett Eaton a couple of years ago was in that kind of a situation and he dig himself out of that hole and that's the way he did it. He really worked hard and he uh, really uh, keep, keep pushing and never quit and never feel sorry for himself. It's the reverse. He just showed a lot of character and we're extremely proud of him. So that will be useful for who? I don't know. I don't wish that to anybody but that will happen that's part of the pro sports it's, it was easy everybody will do it so it's it's tough and adversity will happen again and uh, we will have a good story about about that Barry you were talking about that top line of Hayden Keller and Schmaltz and talking about how they do a lot of the little things that nobody really notices yeah. what are some of those little things that makes them so productive you know they're they're really good on the forecheck. That's that's one thing I have in mind when you ask that question. They in in hockey language we say they stay on puck. They're relentless. They're always on the puck carrier. They not just they good when they have the puck. When they don't have the puck, there's they're a pain to play against because they they never stop. They're on top of you and and they keep going. And offensively, the other thing they do they communicate a lot. There's nobody who talk more. Sometimes it can be demanding for teammates or whatever because every time they come back on the bench, they have something they want differently. They want something they want more. They have something to say. And there's a ton of communication and make everybody be on the same page. And, okay, that's how we want to do it. And that's what we'll do in the next shift or so on and so forth. So uh, they are a good example of being resilient. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. I know you got a game to get ready for tonight, so thank you and good luck, all right? Thank you, Bear. 
Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Okay. Right, you too. That's Coyotes head coach Andre Turney joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Their next four games, Wolf, got the Oilers tonight. That's Connor McDavid. He's got 30 more points than the next closest guy in the NHL. <laughs> Pretty good. Then they've got Colorado, who just won the Cup. <sighs> then they've got Colorado again, who just won the Cup. Then they've got the Oilers again with Connor McDavid, who has 30 more points than the next closest What's guy in point? the NHL. Yeah. I mean, in second place in the <laughs> NHL is also on the Oilers, too. So there you go. A little bit of a tough about ready to get nasty. Is that what you're saying? Although they play Colorado really well. They have a winning record against them the last two years. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Suns going into L.A. with a depleted roster. We'll take a look at that game. And also some big injury news from the Western Conference that doesn't directly involve the Suns but could indirectly. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. 12.30 on a Wednesday as the Suns and Lakers get set to uh, do battle in Los Angeles tonight. You know, Wolf, it's it's um, concerning to a certain level, I guess. If you go into this game right now and, and if you just look at the rosters with who's actually playing, it's not like the Suns have a huge advantage over the Lakers. No. Like just the actual active rosters tonight. Not, well, if this guy were playing, well, he's not. <laughs> so if it's Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and the bench guys, basically, against Anthony Davis and the rest of the Lakers, it's not a D'Angelo Russell, maybe, yeah. you know, AD. Austin Reeves playing well. Uh, yeah, you know, for me right now, the matchup, when you say Lakers-Suns tonight, the thing I think of first is AD. And Anthony Davis is questionable, <laughs> as he is for every game. Questionable, but going to play. But he's going to play, yeah. exactly. So we expect AD is going to play, of course. Um, and DA is not going to play. And see, that is where I'll look at this and wonder if the Lakers, especially playing at home, don't actually have the advantage in this game. Yeah, I mean, they they probably do on paper. I don't think it's like a decided advantage, and I think at a certain point, Devin Booker is going to get so sick of losing that he's just going to put up... I, I don't know what it's going to take. 46 wasn't enough. Does he have to get to 50? Like, what's what's going on? Uh, before we get too deep into that game, I want to throw two two news items out there. Ja Morant could be back as soon as tonight. Wow. For Memphis. Okay. okay. So that obviously impacts the uh, Western Conference. And then, according to Woj, Paul George sprained right knee Reevaluated in two to three weeks for the Clippers. Okay. Wow, a sprained right knee? Yeah. See, that's the thing that kind of messes me up right there, when you've got a sprain. And, of course, it's it's always different, right? First degree, second degree, third degree. There, there are different degrees right there. But the knee is much more complex for me. It's always more of a concern than it would be the ankle. You know, yeah, an ankle, cause, cause you just roll an ankle. You figure your ankle's going to heal at some point. You yes. never know with the knee, yeah. Yes, the knee is something that you'd be a, a little bit more concerned about. Well, if you're the Clippers, I mean, now we can play the timeline game with them. Three weeks would from today would be April 12th. So if he's being reevaluated re- in three weeks, April 12th is, is not the playoffs yet, but it's right in the middle of the play-in, which is the spot the Clippers could be in. They absolutely could be in a one-and-done without Paul George is basically where that news just took you. Yeah, that'd be, that's nasty. It's a nasty situation right there for the Clippers. Oh, dang. 
<laughs> you can't even you can't even no, have fake frustration. You know, I'm just saying. Um, one of my least favorite teams, I think, in the association. Really, the Clippers, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Mavericks, of course. Well, number yeah, one, obviously. Yeah. Number one, Lakers, probably number two. Yeah, that's fair. You Spurs. Know, I mean, you got to put the Spurs up Spur- there too. Really? Yeah, because here's the thing. I mean, I respect Greg Popovich so okay, much. That's cool. So you know, do you, do you remember Robert Ory? Do you remember yeah. uh, Bruce Bowen? Yeah, I do. do. You remember? Okay, of course, Bruce and, Bowen. And I know, I know they feel like a, a you know a, a distant memory at this point. Bruce until, Bowen hanging out in the corner, of course. Until they get uh, Victor Wembanyama in the draft, and then they're going to be a problem again, and we're all going to hate the Spurs again. Yes, so right. So okay, go. great. Uh, here's Thank Devin. You. Devin, but I just, just bringing that up so everybody knows. Respect uh, Bob, though. I do too. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I, I respect Tim Duncan. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, they took a lot from the Suns. Yeah, well, I, I respect LeBron. I yeah. just can't stand the Lakers. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pre-LeBron. Here's Devin Booker talking about uh, his and his teammates' expectations now. Yeah, I think everybody knows the goal. Uh, especially with our finals experience, even when he wasn't here. And you know, bringing in a, you know, a champ, a two-time champ, he, he, he knows what it takes. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to follow that lead. And, like you said, he, he plugged in. You know, we had three short games together, but everything went well and smoothed in. And, and now it's just getting them back healthy, getting them back out there. Did you see um, Bad by <laughs> As I start to ask this question, I'm already laughing. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Did you see Bad Bunny ripping Booker in a song? As a matter of fact, I did not. Oh, that's, that's I did not see that. Bad Bunny. Yeah, Bad Bunny. Okay. With the line, the sun in Puerto Rico see, what, is hotter what do you than do it is in right Phoenix. Now? Okay, great. Yeah. Bad Bunny. Yeah, Bad Bunny. Um, am I supposed to know that, who Bad Bunny is? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, for the purposes of this, you just need to know that he's trashing Devin Booker in a song. Oh, okay, he's yeah. trashing Devin Booker in a song. Seems like a bad idea to Okay, me. that'd be great right there. He, he's talking about <laughs> Kevin Durant coming back. Uh, I have no idea what no, you're talking about. You, no. You're big on the Bad Bunny. No, guy. I'm not. I just I find it ridiculous. But by the way, Command and Control, do you know what Bad Bunny is? Yes, but he's also trashing Devin Booker in the song because he's rumored to be dating Kendall Jenner. Well, yeah. <laughs> which is us revisiting the Kardashians okay. with Wolf, which is never okay. good. That's why I didn't go that far. I, in the, I in the... feel completely vindicated at this point. How do you feel vindicated? Uh, because of Bad Bunny. we're talking about the Kardashians. Well, I purposely didn't talk about the Kardashians, but right. that's what it's led to all this. You, let, you left that part of it to, out. yes. Because you didn't want me to know you were watching the Kardashians. I'm not watching the Kardashians. Is that show even still on? No, of course. Reruns. No, I'm not <laughs> listening to Bad Bunny. Bad, I, I just I'm not even listening so to Bad Bunny. Right I just heard I know. Song. You just wanted to. Oh, my goodness. I, I am so on to you, Luke, right now. How many songs has Devin Booker been referenced in? This is at least three now. See the shots that I took. That's one. Wet like I'm booked. Yeah, so there you go. This okay. is up to, he's up to three. One. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead and make your point on Devin Booker. What I just was thought I it was saying ridiculous. about Devin Booker? He was talking about Kevin Durant. The expectations for the team. The expectations for the team. Again, KD. KD's not going to have any problems coming back. <laughs> No, he's going to be rested. He's, unfortunately, he's going to be healthy. Lord willing, of course, he's going to be healthy. He's going to be rested. Katie's going to he, he's he's going to be looking forward to his first home game. <laughs> uh, six weeks and counting. <laughs> just based on it once again. I, Luke said this earlier. I want him to say it again, just so you can hear it. Okay, they traded for Kevin Durant six weeks ago today. Six weeks ago today, still waiting on that first home game. <laughs> 
Why am I laughing? Because, because it's easier be than crying. the alternative. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be crying if you were laughing. Think about that for a minute, Basin Audience. That, that just puts it into perspective. Six weeks ago today? Yeah, six weeks ago today. That's when Matt Ishbia got introduced, right? Well, you then talk about stumbling into it. Six weeks ago today, and he still hasn't played a home game. This is quite Can the I try out. to cheer you guys up about it, though? Yes. Please, yes. Uh, the later he's not playing in the regular season means he can't get hurt this late into the regular season. Okay. So at least he got hurt early right. enough that the playoffs are still on the table. I, I you do. Know your negativity, I, like it. I reject. No, but it's it's it's... A double negative, which makes it a positive, doesn't it? But, uh, right, like he's injured now, which means he can't get hurt right now. Yeah. <laughs> See, See, but no, no, something. no. I'm taking Jem and his little, he can't get hurt now. I'm taking that and putting that in the negative column. I, I do like the like uh, the silver lining theories that people have come up with, though. Like, there's that one from Jem. He's hurt, so he can't get hurt. There was the one that one of our listeners wrote in of, well, if he's hurt now, teams don't know what to expect from the Suns with Katie. Not <laughs> which I, I look at that one long enough where I was like, this guy's making some sense, and I want to subscribe to his newsletter. You know what? I would say they know exactly what to expect from KD. They just won't know what to expect from those around him. The problem is the Suns don't know what to expect from those around him either. That's when I stopped buying what into that theory. What a mess. Can we all agree on that one, my brothers? What a... What a... Mess. It's, it's like we're stuck in, in six weeks sports purgatory, and and he still hasn't played a home well, game. It's probably going to be at least seven, right? Because he's not going to reevaluate until next week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, forget about it. We're not even going to reevaluate him. He's getting reevaluated before Paul George. Yeah, that well, you think all of a sudden we're going to say six weeks and we're going to look at him now and maybe think, yeah, maybe he could go. You think we're going to do? It? No, we're not. We're not going to even reevaluate him until he's been out. <laughs> Well, we're only we're only eight days away from the reevaluation. Somebody, please, just metaphorically, give me the protective cup. We need a reevaluation, like countdown on the show. I'm really tired of the word reevaluation. Uh, you got eight more days of it. We've already banned the words Aaron and Rogers from the show. We can't ban can, all can these. I, honestly, can I raise my hand and say, is it possible you would reevaluate your timetable? Reevaluate the reevaluation exactly. Is it is it possible you might say we're going to reevaluate when we said we were going to reevaluate? It's possible. Or it's possible we're just stuck in a loop. And along those lines, yet another day has passed and DeAndre Hopkins is still on the Arizona Cardinals. Are, why? Okay, that's, where's the coffee? That's next. That's, you just drank all of it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Ah, yes, straight out of Wolf's phone. It is Good Charlotte on a Wednesday afternoon. Of course, Luke is joking, Basonians. We all know that Good Charlotte is not in my phone. I thought you were going to say it's Thursday afternoon music. <laughs> All right. So this is um, this is my so funny, Luke. Actually, I don't even know where I, where I want to start with this. Here, I'm gonna start with just by posing you a question. Okay? okay, you poser. Yes, that's right. Poser of questions, of course, is what you mean. Why is DeAndre Hopkins still in this like limbo right now? Yeah, you got Des Bryant hmm. tweeting out that the Chiefs are gonna go after him or OBJ or both of them. 
Yeah. The Chiefs got DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Can Jr. Can I just say right now, I don't know if Des Bryant is a rock-solid source. Uh, well, and I also don't I, know how closely he follows the cap situation. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just don't know if you're going to believe Des Bryant. I, I do believe that the analytics and when you look at the schemes that the Kansas City Chiefs run and you look at, yes, they've got Travis Kelsey, of course, and Patrick Mahomes, what are they lacking they're lacking DeAndre Hopkins. The, the more each day goes by, the more and more certain I am that the Kansas City Chiefs have got to be one of the teams, if not the team, that Monty Ossenfort has talked to the most. Or maybe, maybe because of the situation, the least. But again, maybe that's just because both sides are posturing. I would have to believe the Kansas City Chiefs would be the most interested in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. It makes the most sense. I was trying to see if there were odds on on where he's most likely to go. But um, this is Diana Rossini from yesterday giving her explanation for why teams that need a receiver aren't jumping at the chance to land DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best receivers. Now, another name that we've been hearing that is perhaps on the trade block is DeAndre Hopkins. And, Christine, I made a lot of phone calls today to different teams that are in the receiver market, teams like the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, all these teams that need a wide receiver. And I was told for right now, they are not interested in DeAndre Hopkins. And it's not his skill set that they're concerned with. It's the fact that he comes with a price because Hopkins is going to look for a new contract. Now, there is a thought that he'll be looking for a deal like we saw Brandon Cooks get in his trade where he's taking less money. But as of right now, Christine, there's only one team I know of that is showing interest that's talking to Arizona about a possible trade, but nothing official just yet. Okay, there's one... (laughs) You know, once again, I I get it. I do. It's not an easy thing to pull off. This is not going to be an easy trade for Monty Ford because of the contract situation, because of DeAndre Hopkins and some of the things that teams acquiring him will be concerned about, like practicing. Um, yeah, this is not a simple trade. But one team being interested, I'll believe that. I'll believe that when I see that. Uh, here's one team that might not be interested. The Jets agreeing to terms with McCole Hardman. I don't know if that would preclude them, but they also just traded Elijah Moore to Cleveland. So okay. some wide receiver movement over there in the AFC. Yeah, okay. McCole Hardman is not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not we DeAndre all Hopkins. Yes. No, um, now, not. listen, Hop isn't going to run by dudes the way Hardman's going to want run by guys. Not going to happen. Yet... Throwing the ball because he's open. He's a deep threat. Throw it down the field. It's incredible to watch D-Hop play the game of football. Uh, this is J.J. Watt from the Pat McAfee show, too, just specifically on, on Hopkins potentially with New England. This is what he had to say. I think if Hop thinks he can win there, I think he would go. Like I think he is at a point in his career where he wants to have the ability to win. And so I, I think it more comes down to if he believes that that's a place where he does have a chance to go and win. I don't think I don't think the relationship, if he believes that's a place where I can win, I don't think that relationship would stop him from going there. He's talking about the Bill O'Brien relationship, not yes, Bill Belichick, obviously. Right. Uh, but that that's... Going back to your point on why this is so complicated, 
DeAndre Hopkins isn't a free agent. He doesn't just get to pick where he goes. Now, I'm sure he probably has some say behind the scenes of, you know, the Cardinals are going to try to accommodate what he wants. But um, if if he's if it comes down to like, hey, look, we can trade you to whoever. I don't even want to use New England. I want somebody that's even worse than the Patriots or you can stay here. Doesn't it kind of feel like he wants a fresh start somewhere? I mean, if, if winning is what's most important to him. I don't think the Cardinals are winning the Super Bowl this year. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if, if he's really, if, and there's a lot You're of things. You're being a little say, facetious. Well, right I, but I'm, I'm, I was trying not to halfway through. I'm just saying if that's the biggest thing to him, I don't think he would come back here if he didn't get to go exactly where he wanted. Yeah. Um, okay. So, again, I just have a hard time thinking that Bill Belichick is going to give up a second round pick for D-Hop. That's just me. I could be dead wrong on that, but I I don't know if that's going to happen, especially if the Arizona Cardinals want more than a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. I, I Kansas City, Kansas City, you want to win back-to-back? You're in win-now mode. You, you are in win-now mode if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. You want to go back-to-back? You tell me you got D-Hop. And you got Travis Kelsey. We have to do and this. Patrick Mahomes. If it really comes, if it comes out at some point that that the Cardinals would have taken the Chiefs' second round pick for Hopkins, and the Chiefs didn't want to do it or something, we have to follow what that guy that they took with pick sixty three does yes. compared to DeAndre right. Hopkins this year and next year because their windows open now. So it can't be like, well, what if he's great ten years from now? Who cares? If you're the Chiefs, your window's open now. You've won two titles, but your window's still open. So whoever you take at 63 better, instantly better, be better than DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, can I also have uh, pick number 134, please? Now you're just getting greedy. Can I, well, I'm, I'm going to be. I was trying uh, to make your argument for you, but Honestly, I right now, can I can I have that fourth-round pick? You've, you've got Miami's. you got the 122nd overall. Would you give me that one right there, the fourth-round pick? They're not giving you that one. By the way, if you're drafted number 122 or 134, that's not 104th overall. (laughs) Is that where you were drafted? I'm I'm just saying, my brothers... You're at 122 or 134. That's, That's not 104, is it? This is this is why you would be a great GM in trade negotiations. You'd be like, just give me the 122nd pick. The guy was drafted way below I was. <laughs> it feels so good, ladies and gentlemen, just to rip somebody. Uh, hey, you were drafted ahead of Tom Brady. Yeah, right. You were? Sure. Yeah, well, of course, but that's he's a quarterback. He's not even a football oh, okay, player. Okay, here we go. Okay. He's a quarterback. Right. <laughs> we okay. get on this path. Okay, great. But any, what was your point? What were you talking about? Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't even remember Tell what I was talking Kansas about. Tell me the Kansas City Chiefs are not the team right now. If you had a power poll going for teams that were interested in DeAndre Hopkins, Tell me the Chiefs wouldn't be at the top. They'd be at the top. Let's come up with a couple other ones then, if we're going to do this. Well, the Patriots would be number two. Okay. Um, I would say the Ravens would be number three, except yeah. the Jets are number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how power pulls work. <laughs> I'm just saying, because honestly, how desperate are the New York Jets to make sure Aaron Rodgers... Succeeds. I can't believe you said the name. We had gone nearly well, nearly three full shows without saying. You know his what? Name. I did forget about it. You I did. forgot about our new deal right now. Got a deal. And I, I understand that's going to trigger. So, <laughs> you did this. I can't even help you. I, I, did, I did do this right now. Um, 
We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Do you think we'll... We can actually say Aaron Rodgers wants Sound of Silence. Yes. Begins. Do you think we'll be able to keep this bit going? I didn't going? mean to say Aaron Rodgers. I know you didn't, but yeah. here we are in the spot now. Do you think we'll be able to keep this going for seven more weeks till Maloney gets back, and then she'll be like, hey, what, what, why are you guys doing this? <laughs> I thought it was eight weeks. I don't know. I think she's okay. just taking off 2023. So she said she would come back when Kevin Durant started playing meaningful games. You know, honestly, um... <laughs> you said something. I'm trying to go to break. I, I know, but it's so soft. It's, it's a soothing it really song. Is. It's, I don't know. All right, we're it done It makes you this. want to curl up in the fetal and lick a toad in the darkness. And then decide you want to go play for the Jets. All right, so we come back. Is the Suns rotation still one of the best in the league? There's a lot of questions, and maybe we can start to get some answers tonight. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.